Hello and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. My name is Patrick Rice. I'm joined in studio with my good friend, co-host, and brother in Christ, Dan Demite. Hello, Patrick. Dan, I'm really excited. We have with us Victoria Harris. She's not only an amazing Catholic worship leader, but she's also the uh, the president and founder of Arise Worship Ministries, doing amazing stuff. Oh, wow. Before awesome. we jump in into like the show and setting it all up, Dan, can you lead us in prayer? Yeah, let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, I just pray that you would move in new ways in our lives, Lord, that the faith would be uh, new every day. You say, behold, I make all things new. And I pray, Lord, that we would never become content uh, and complacent with who you are and what you accomplish. Lord, I pray that for new signs and wonders, for new moves of the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon the church, to be poured out upon all of our listeners' lives, that you would speak new words into their lives, that you would accomplish new wonders in their lives, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you so much that everyone gets to be like Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that uh, that our understanding of the universal call to holiness means that we get to do what Jesus did and greater things. So, Father, I thank you that we're in a time right now that the church is being equipped to actually move in signs, wonders, and miracles. I thank you, Lord, that you're actually defining a new normal. So, Lord, I pray that this testimony today would encourage us to actually seek out the more that you have for us and to know that the world will be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit manifested through our lives. And everybody said, Amen. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dan. Hey. How are you? Man, today's just going to be a great show. I love that God is actually raising up lay women leaders in the church. You don't actually, I mean, you don't actually, I just, you just don't see it a lot. You don't. Like, it's like, oh man, where are all the female speakers and like in the Catholic church that are really bringing revival? Yeah, like in in our encounter conference, we had like, I looked at the lineup and it was like, guy, 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 girl, guy, guy, guy. It was just like, it was crazy. Yeah. But um, I, I love it. Uh, I'm so excited to have Victoria Harris on the show because she's an incredible leader and she's she's literally, know, she knows who she is. She knows what God's called her to do. And I believe that she's going to be a forerunner of women in ministry. So Amen. that's the first thing I'm excited about. What are you excited about, Dan? Yeah, I'm just excited that God is never the same. <laughs> like we hear testimonies and like no test. Have you ever been listening to someone's testimony? Like, oh, I heard that one before, you know, like. No testimony is the same, and God uh, speaks to us in new ways with every single life that uh, that testifies to God's goodness, and so, and that God wants to do new things in in your life and testify to the world in new ways through you. So good, yeah. Now, one of the thing, one of the themes that I we're gonna we're gonna see, I know, in Victoria's talk is um, like God confronting our doubt, our unbelief. God giving us not just confronting our doubt, but giving us an invitation to walk in a greater measure of his life. Because literally, St. Paul talks about it, that like everything is about Jesus Christ, the hope of glory living within us. That the, the hope of glory is Jesus Christ living within us. So let me ask you a question. What does that mean? Um, Jesus actually, if, if he is the hope of glory living within us, then he wants to manifest his glory through us. Are we giving Jesus an opportunity? Now, Patrick, I just yeah. wonder how many how many Catholics have like placed Holy Spirit in a box, right? Like have or or placed what God wants to do and can do in a box. I think, yeah, I don't know the answer to that, <laughs> but I think it's a lot. I, I I just think sometimes, I mean, we can we can say I think this is the way 
this is the way God works, and He's not going to work outside of the form, right? Yeah, and, and like it's like yeah, it's the this is how God works box, and God will work inside the box that you put Him in, mm-hmm. but you'll miss out on the if that's like a thirty percent box for you, you'll miss out on seventy percent of His movements in your life if you only expect Him to work in a certain way. Well, I think it's impossible to put Him in a box because He says, "Behold, I make all things new." So <laughs> it's like He's as soon, doing a new as, thing. soon as we think we figure out God, He's like, "Oh, nope, oh, I got this as well," you know. And it's just amazing that God can. Um, he wants to exceed our expectations. Yeah. He just and listeners, I think that's so, that God wants to exceed the expectations you you've placed upon Him and upon the way He can work in your life and through your life. And um, my friend Aaron and I, we always say we dreamed big, but God dreamed bigger. Like even though we we have uh, sometimes we have so many expectations, well, God's are bigger than ours, and we just need to know that. So good. Now we're going to be hearing a lot from Victoria on healing ministry. And if you're out there and you are skeptical that Jesus authentically, supernaturally uh, releases divine power for healing like he did in the gospel and the other church, this show is for you. Because we're actually, that's where she starts with, off with from a place of doubt and unbelief. But from that doubt and unbelief was an invitation to step into greater things. And I think when it comes down to it, I could I, I could pull out um, several scriptures from the mouth of Christ where he basically sets an expectation that uh, we actually can participate, every normal Catholic can participate in healing, not just the anointing of the sick, but I'm talking about lay Catholics can do that. I'm going to point right now just to one, uh, and I've done this before on the show here, but this is Matthew chapter 16, and verses 17 and 18, he's, Jesus clearly says, these signs will accompany those who believe. Do you believe, Dan? I believe. Okay, so this applies to you. Whew, good. Dave, This do you believe? Our, our producer believes, so All right, this good. is for you. Wow. He says, in my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in your tongues, and it says, they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Mm. They'll lay their hands on the sick, and they'll recover. So part of the the, the, the you know evidence, the fruit of believing, is include, includes healing. Laying our hands on the sick, and watching the divine power flow through and people getting better. It doesn't say these signs will accompany the bishops, the priests, the anointed, but those who believe. Because mm-hmm. our from belief flows faith. Through faith, faith flows the power of God. Yeah, so this this anointing actually comes through our baptismal yes. anointing, right? Yes. That you've been baptized priest, prophet, and king. And and part of that is having the uh, uh, the authority of God, the authority of Jesus to heal the sick. And one thing we're going to hear too from Victoria is that she was um, she called herself a Catholic cessationist, you know, where she believed that the gifts of the Holy Spirit stopped operating after the death of the last apostle or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I didn't go too into it what there when, when we were off air, um, but the uh, it's this idea that I, there's kind of two ways that you can interpret Scripture. I think um, if if you believe that view is that you can either let your experience um, interpret what the scripture says. Okay. Like, well, I don't see healing happening right now. I don't see um, people believing, laying their hands on the sick and them getting better. So I'm going to, because I don't see it through my experience, I'm going to interpret those things like this. Like, well, I, that stopped after the death of the last apostle or it stopped after the early church. Cause we got modern medicine. Now we don't need it or whatever it might be. But the other way to interpret scripture is like this. I want scripture to determine my experience. And I think that's what God wants. He doesn't want us, our experience to determine 
our interpretation of scripture. He wants his word to determine how our lives, how our lives operate. That maybe I think Jesus wants us to actually live like him, love like him, speak like him, preach like him, heal like him. Paul says, you know, behold, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. And like, I just wonder if we think about that enough, like that there's a new life that happens and that, that we operate differently once we're in Christ. And, and I, I, so like, shouldn't we, like, Patrick, if we're, if we're a new creation and we've been transformed in Jesus, shouldn't we live differently than those who aren't? Yeah. And the, the key is believing. Yeah. Like, you have to believe that what Jesus did is actually true. Now, we know that Jesus died, that his blood covered the, the price of every sin that you would commit that would separate you from God. And in, in Christ Jesus, there's no separation. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, as Paul says. But the scripture is also very clear. By his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, by his stripes, we receive physical healing. So Jesus paid for every healing that would ever flow in the body of Christ on the cross. So you, it's not just about forgiveness. It's about healing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Amen. This is I, I when we hear Victoria's story. I think I just want us to ask ourselves: um, How can God? How can we remove our limitations that we've placed on God and and start placing expectation? You Ooh, know, limitation to expectation. Yeah, the you God wants to transform that. Write that. that. That'll be your next book. Okay, got it. From done. Limitation <laughs> to Expectation by Dan Demite. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, but I, I actually, that's, but that's really true. I mean, in, in our spiritual life, and I, I think actually um, we place limitations both on God and on ourselves. So a lot of times our lack of faith isn't necessarily a lack of faith in God. It's a lack of faith that God wants to work through us. And, and, uh, um, Listeners, just let's, I just, in the name of Jesus, I want to cast that lie out that God somehow chooses to work through some people, but he's, that you're forgotten by him, that God wants to work in and through you and that he wants uh, your life to just uh, reveal the mystery of his love and his power here on earth. Amen. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio with the EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Well, we're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, you're going to hear from Victoria Harris. Stay tuned. Have you heard about Church Pop? It's the newest member of the EWTN family with new online Christian content that's fun and inspiring every day. Find it on Snapchat, Instagram, and on the web at churchpop.com. This is all about let's go ride Harleys. Let's get quiet and go into contemplative prayer. So I want to show men that real Christians are cowboys. If you're sold out for Jesus, there's nothing more masculine you can do. Bear Wozniak leads a rolling retreat across the United States. Join these real Catholic men as they ride from the Atlantic coast of Florida to the Pacific coast of California. All the while going deeper into their relationship with the Lord. Long ride home with Bear Wozniak. Tuesday, 11 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Television. Father Benedict Groeschel. No Catholic can support abortion and that Catholics are responsible to take serious action against legalized abortion. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounter of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Dan, we are so well, we are so pleased to have back on the show Victoria Harris. All welcome right. to the show, Woo! Victoria. Victoria, welcome. Ah, thank you guys. So Victoria, much. this is so awesome. I'm really excited. I love what God is doing through 
your um, your music ministry, through your Arise Worship ministry. Um, so what, what, what I want to do is just get started with just jumping into your testimony. Can you just give our listeners a, a kind of a portrait of what your life was like growing up? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Um, I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My parents are incredibly smart. Uh, my mom's an attorney. My dad is an architect, serves on the Harvard Alumni Council. His dad, a professor at Tulane. So while we grew up in a really devout Catholic family, I didn't grow up charismatic at all, to be completely honest. I really grew up with a prejudice against Pentecostals, Pentecostalism, and this movement of the Spirit. I just didn't believe it was true. I didn't believe it was real. Uh, as an adult, right when I got started doing music, the Lord was starting to unravel some things in my heart. I mean, He was really, really working on me in a new way, and the the big moment for me that changed things, because I always had approached the faith from a very pious and intellectual approach. Uh, what changed things was one day after an event, uh, a, a young man came up to me, he was on crutches, uh, and told me the story about how he'd, he'd torn his ACL, and he couldn't pay for surgery, and would I pray for him that God healed him? And, you know, there's a bunch of people kind of around me uh, as, as he's telling me this story. And so I look at him, I'm like, of course I'll pray for you next. And you know, <laughs> the next person in line. And and the guy actually grabs me by the arm and he looks at me. And he's like, no, no, I don't think you understand. Um, I want you to pray for me right now. Like, yes. I want you to like, lay hands on my knee and pray for God to heal my knee. Like right now. Put your hand moment. on my knee now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that boldness. I'm like in front of all my fans. Like, are you okay, kidding me? And, and, and the backdrop here is that you're 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 on a tour, like you're touring for your music ministry, right? Right, I'm I'm touring for my okay. music ministry. I just finished playing a worship set. I was I was hanging out in the back. This is on a retreat. Um, so as soon as he says this, uh, I, I I I I laugh when I'm nervous. So I, I look at him and I'm like, <laughs> God doesn't do that. Wow. Ouch. Oh. <laughs> what was that? Was that Welch? Like a double word there? Yeah, wow. yeah. That, was, that was that was bold. For the sake Ooh. of his sorrowful passion, <laughs> have mercy on Victoria <laughs> by his stripes. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so I'm human. I know, I know. Well, Keep going. As this happens, these two little nuns, because they always travel in pairs, right? Mm-hmm. They they come walking behind him, and then out of the corner of my eyes, the event promoter who was paying for me to be there, all of a sudden he just like appears, and then this this crowd comes around me as this guy looks at me with a grimace and he says, how dare you? Wow. And he, and he just kind of reams into me, rebukes me in front of all of these people. Uh, it was incredibly embarrassing, but, but he was right. He says, how dare you? You travel around the country. You're this influencer to, to all of these young people, all these young teens that you play retreats for and, and worship nights for, and you talk about how you love God, you are standing before me telling me that you don't believe that God is who he says he is. Wow. And that you, you don't believe that the God of scriptures is alive today. How dare you, you hypocrite. Oh, you're a Pharisee. <laughs> oh, no! I know, right? So in his words, they just hit me to the core because I, I remember one of the first thoughts that passed through my mind was like, he's right. Oh, wow. And he really called me to the carpet on my faith. And, and here's the thing, like, I, at that time, and still, I, I was a very faithful 
Catholic, my tour mates and I, they'll all attest, like, we were praying at the time, Liturgy of the Hours, three times a day. We, were, we had our daily rosary. We were trying to make it to daily Mass. I mean, we were living and walking a very pious Catholic journey. But this particular element of the faith, I did not believe in it. I did not think it was possible. And I couldn't reconcile it with this very intellectual, cerebral approach that I took to my faith. So mm. this guy rebukes me. I realize that he's right. He's pointed out where there's a, an, an, an irreconcilable uh, difference between what I'm protesting to believe and, and what I'm actually walking. Wow. And, so, and I say to him, I was like, well, um, I'm afraid to pray for you. I got really honest. Like, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm terrified. What if, what if I pray for you and you're not healed? Will it mean that this God that I believe actually isn't real, that this life that I'm living really is a lie, that I've made the wrong choice pursuing ministry as a career because it's pointless <laughs> and it's not real? Um, I, and, so, and all that came out was, you know, I'm afraid to pray for you. I don't know how to pray for you. Mm. And he very wisely kind of gently looked at me and he said, Tori, God never commanded you to be the healer. He just commanded you to ask and pray for healing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's so good. Is this, wait, was this a youth group kid? Like, how old was this person? No, this is like a 40 year old dad. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> he had like five kids. <laughs> That's awesome. He was, he was there overseeing all the, the other people there. Wow. Um, but yeah, so uh, I end up like putting two fingers on his knee. He starts like walking <laughs> me through because I wasn't, I wasn't quite prepared to do like a whole hand, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't go all in all at once. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we were dipping the hands in, two fingers, middle finger, pointer finger, and he's kind of telling me what to pray, like, come Holy Spirit, come, come Holy Fire, come. And then he looks at me, he's like, all right, now you say, in the name of Jesus, receive healing. And I froze. And I, I really had to think about it. I really had to pray about it. And I'm having this mental debate in my head. And finally, eventually, what comes out of my mouth is, in the name of Jesus, receive healing. And as soon as those words came out, uh, the only way I could describe it, it was like this, this heat wave, this pulse of electricity, kind of like when someone wears those hand buzzers and as a joke and they like shock your hand. It passes through my two fingers <laughs> into his knee. And it was so forceful that we both kind of backed away from each other we were kind of pulled apart by by that electricity wow. and i look at him in total shock thinking that like where's where's the buzzer he's hiding in his knee right like where's where's the joke that that's going on and and i asked him I was like what was that and he just smiles and he's like the glory of god <laughs> <laughs> what and, and he, he gets up, and of course, like, the crowd's around, and, and we've seen him over the, the last two days of the retreat really struggling and, and walking on the crutches. He was in a lot of pain. And, and I watch him put weight on his knee and start walking on his knee, and, and it starts to hit me really slowly that, that God, God was healing him, that, that God had healed him, that God did this impossible thing. You know, a torn ACL, for those who are unfamiliar with the biology of it, it cannot heal on its own. You have to have surgery. Wow. wow! Wait, cannot, so really quick, you're cannot, telling me yeah. that you ministered a miracle with Jesus and his ACL got healed? Yeah. Oh, hey! let's take a praise break. Praise Woo! you, Father. Thank you, you Jesus. Are Do it again, God. Do it through all of us. <laughs> oh, Keep so going. good. This is so good. So, man, that might affect your li- outlook on life a little bit. <laughs> it did. It did. It, it just it flipped everything upside down. It changed everything So you're a around. Catholic cessationist. 
Yes. Well, <laughs> so I, I didn't know that that's what, what I was, but yes. <laughs> so wait, wow. what, what what was the crowd's reaction? Like, what happened when when this took place? Uh, kind of what you just got, y'all just did. She's <laughs> on fire. <laughs> uh-huh. This is so cool. This is amazing. Um, actually, the next day, a young woman who had a broken foot pulled me aside, and she was like, um, Tori, I heard you had a gift of healing. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> 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 um, so it, it became like this thing at, at the end of the retreat. But, but it turned my life upside down, and I had to have answers. I had to know. I had to be able to reconcile this thing that I was so prejudiced against and so, like, anti or so anti God being able to heal people. I just completely thought it was impossible. Uh, that I started researching, I started, it just became this all-consuming project. And as I witnessed more miracles and more healings and uh, words of knowledge and prophetic words and all these different things, uh, finally it brought me to the Diocese of Dallas where I realized um, I had this dream where I I wanted, I, I was seeing how these charisms, we talk about the new evangelization, and it's actually if you look at scripture for how God wants us to evangelize, it's, it's clearly, it's, it's obvious. He wants us to preach the gospel in word and power. Mm-hmm. And evangelization is so much more effective when we're docile to the Holy Spirit. And, and you can walk up to a stranger who, who doesn't know the Lord and you pray for them and they experience some kind of consolation from the Holy Spirit. I mean, they have these radical conversions which start their journey of faith. Um, so I... It just became a passion of mine. I, I wanted to know what the church had to teach about it, so I started doing a, a massive research project uh, covering as many texts from the Holy Fathers and the Vatican and Scripture and the Catechism that I could find. I put it together in this book called Holy Spirit 101 because I thought and I knew that there would be a lot of clergy, a lot of Catholics, it parishes, who probably shared my own prejudice and were probably very hostile towards mm-hmm. introducing the charismatic into their churches. And I was determined, uh, I wanted to have some kind of resource that, that they couldn't deny, that the intellectuals couldn't deny, that, that would stack up against whatever they were reading. So know, this like is that. really good. Let's just break right there and just, uh, listeners, if, yeah. if you're hearing Victoria's story and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of like that, I think... This, the Pentecostal stuff I see on TV or whatever it might be is not all legit. It looks a little hokey. But then you have the example of Jesus in the gospel, uh, and you want to see how everything squares up. I think this might be the best resource. It's called Holy Spirit 101. It's by Victoria Harris. And uh, you can get it on Amazon, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've read it. It's awesome. It's like it's so well-grounded in Scripture tradition you've got like saints and uh church teaching put in there and like how we you know the mean between extremes and things like that so it's awesome so that you researched this book but um this you've done more than just writing this book right (laughs) well i'm in dallas i operate the arise ministry out of mary immaculate catholic church so we're a parish-based organization that serves the national church and our Forte, what we do is retreats and talks and events where we try to take uh, regular, normal, everyday Catholics and train them in how to use these gifts of the Holy Spirit in alignment and in according to the teachings of the Catholic Church so that we can evangelize. And so what we're witnessing is slowly this really beautiful revival of the faith and excitement and devotion 
kind of bubbling up here in Dallas and, and starting to grow a little further outside the city. Um, but it's really, really exciting. I, I do it with my husband. And his, uh, his name is yeah, Brian, yeah. right? Whose name is Brian, yeah. And our, our son, Forge. Um, yeah, we do monthly Rise Nights of Healing. It's it's just a total blast. I, I never thought my life would take this direction, but I'm really glad that it has. That's so awesome. So can you like... Um, Give us, so you're, you're working, your target is just average Catholics, okay, right? Yes. So can you give me a snapshot, like a story of, is there someone that comes to your mind of like a normal Catholic that has seen awesome transformation, is like is living a supernatural life? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, we had one guy, older man, two years before his retirement, really high up in the local Freemason chapter. Uh, oh, you minister to Masons, too. <laughs> Save him, Lord. We didn't know that in the beginning, but um, yeah, so he, he comes to take the class. I think his wife had, you know, said, like, you really need to do this. And he's very, very skeptical the first night. Um, and when we start talking about deliverance, I mean, he came up to me after the course. He was like, what do you mean? You mean I have to, like, go to the Mason Hall and take my picture off the wall? Are you kidding me? And yet, here this guy is one year later. He's one of our, he's no longer affiliated or involved with the Mason. Yes. Wow. He's um, ministering on our prayer team monthly. He shows up at all of the retreats. He's uh, this mentor to young men that are coming through. Uh, he's this incredible intercessor who's, who's witnessing. Like, he gets words of knowledge and prophetic words, and he's just like this awesome guy. Uh, who had a total transformation of, of, of heart and of, of spirit uh, just through this exposure of who the Holy Spirit is and, and the Holy Spirit's relationship in his life. That's amazing because um, for listeners who don't know, um, Masonic involvement is a big no-no. <laughs> like Pope Leo Thirteenth wrote an entire encyclical on Freemasonry about not getting involved because it involves um, the people that join like basically cursing themselves, their family line, giving them over to all of these occult and like new age principles. So this guy was probably pretty demonically harassed, right? And yeah. um, so, so you, go, you go from like this extreme, which uh, to, to actually, you know, and also kind of a cessationist, I, I take it, and uh, not really believing in the all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit to you know, doing the works of Jesus and even wow. like pressing in. That's amazing. So that is praise amazing. the Lord for that. <laughs> so Victoria, tell me too, like you've, you've been involved in, in um, music ministry and like worship, leading worship and stuff like that. Tell me about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that chapter. About music? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, how did you get was, started in it? How did I get started? I was 22. I was working for a record label for $12 an hour, making three ninety nine a week. Totally miserable. And, I started doing this weekly holy hour with my spiritual director to pray about really where was God calling me? Was I going to be a missionary? Would I enter a convent? And every time we would pray, it was it was music ministry, worship, worship, creating environments of receptivity to the Holy Spirit. So before I even had witnessed the guy's ACL healed, like my mission statement was an environment of receptivity to the Holy Spirit. Like God was writing the plan the whole time. <laughs> nice. It's <just> nuts. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I actually started working as, uh, I quit my job, started working as a waitress at a restaurant. My poor parents were just, I mean, they tried to be supportive, but they were really having some serious doubts about the direction my life was taking. And one day I was at the restaurant 
just it was a really bad day. I had just gotten diagnosed with laryngitis, which, you know, if you're pursuing a singing career, that's like a death sentence. Uh, and a young woman came, sat down at my table, and I kid you not, looks me square in the face and says that the Holy Spirit had brought her to that restaurant to give me a ticket to a conference that I want to go to the conference. And I remember looking around the restaurant for a manager to kind of rescue me from this clearly insane person. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly she was crazy. Until she says, well, I'm sorry, it's a Christian conference. Are you a believer? Do you know the Lord? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I look at her and I'm just like, who are you? (laughs) Oh, prophet. (laughs) You know, oh, strange prophet. And... Her and her husband paid for me to go to this conference. It was 10 days later. It just so happened to be the 40th day after having quit my job. Wow. And the numbers were wild. But uh, I go to that conference. At that conference, a music publisher who worked with Michael W. Smith and a bunch of Amy Grant and other Christian music artists, he was there, gave me a chance to to write with some of the best writers in Nashville. And a year later, uh, I was playing the main stage of big Christian music conferences. I was opening a couple of events for Matt Marr. Uh, my record debuted at number two. I mean, it was just totally, totally wild, totally God's hand. And then on that second tour, you know, two years later, uh, was when I encountered the young man with the knee problem. Wow. So really quick, listeners, that that album is called Sweet Dolor, and it, it, it debuted number two on the iTunes Christian and Gospel charts. So this is awesome. So you got so you're doing the music ministry and then it's from that that this healing happened. Then from the healing this a uh, ministry arose, this Holy Spirit 101 and the ministry arose. Victoria, what's like the so you, you say you do these healing nights. How, what do those look like? And they're involved at your parish. So give our listeners a snapshot of how that operates in the parish setting. And maybe I don't know how it could be normal. How it could be normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all about in Dallas, like we want the charisms to be rooted in the parish coming out of the parish because we want it to be sustainable through the generations. So we're trying to change the culture of how Catholicism is practiced in the family from the parish life. So our nights of healing, we do it once a month. Families are invited. So we've got five and six-year-olds. It's the cool thing for them to sit in front of the altar during adoration. So... The altar's like littered with these adorable little munchkins uh, praying very reverently. Uh, on one side of the church, we have confessions. We bring in about five priests to hear confessions for because the church is pretty full uh, on each of these nights. And then on the other side of the, the church, anonymously, we have ordinary Joes and Jills, I guess, girls, um, on prayer teams, and they're in pairs of two and three. And we typically have a line of about 100 or more who wait to come and receive personal one-on-one five minutes of intercessory prayer from from these prayer teams just hidden on on the side of the church there. Uh, we have uh, a band that plays worship music. Sometimes, if I'm lucky, I get to play, which is always exciting, but most of the time I've got a walkie-talkie in my ear, and I'm kind of running logistics behind the scenes with uh, my ace number one girl named Sonia. Uh and, and that's what we do at, at night of worship. There's a time for a testimony or a, speak, a speaker to speak. And then when it's all over, we have cookies and lemonade in the narthex, and we just invite people to hang out and to meet each other and to build that local community. So people get healed, and they get to have their sins forgiven, 
and adoration. Well, right. We, we, we try to cover all the layers of healing. So yes. we do the physical, the spiritual. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting, Victoria. I want to talk a little bit about this. Um, that uh, one of my favorite um, stories of healing is from Mark 4, the paralytic being um, lowered down. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like uh, what, what your worldview was regarding like the supernatural element of the faith is pretty common to where a lot of Catholics are, maybe a lot of listeners. So if healing is not an important part of the faith for you, a physical healing, uh, I think I invite you to, to kind of relook at Mark 4 with the story of the paralytic. Because what does Jesus say to the paralytic? First, he says, your sins are forgiven. And then everyone freaks out because they say, you know, only God can forgive sins. And we know that, you know, the first thing we say, like, well, what is it? What did Jesus do for you on the cross? It's that he... He, he died to forgive me of my sins. And Jesus is doing that right there. And then Jesus says, so that you might believe that the Son of Man has authority over sins, I say to you, rise and walk. And we know the story, the paralytic gets up and walks. So what I think the, the most important thing of the story for me recently has been that Jesus actually proves that he can forgive sins by doing physical healings here on earth. And so we actually, if, if we limit healing we limit forgiveness if we limit if we have the the the, the if we don't have uh how can we have faith that jesus actually forgives well he did it through healing the sick so how is the church going to have faith that jesus can forgive our sins i think we need to be the, the people that are stepping out and actually laying hands on the sick like you did and watching healing flow then they're going to have that faith that jesus can actually save my soul it's so beautiful wow yeah cool. One of my favorite things about that verse, I love that you mention it because it's, it's one of my favorite verses, is that when Jesus looks at the paralytic, right before he tells him, rise and walk, he, I, I imagine him pointing towards the foreman on the roof, and he says, their faith mm. has saved you. Yeah. Their faith has saved you, and it just reminds me of the responsibility that we have as Christians to, when another doesn't have faith, to allow our faith to step in and to intercede because to intercede for them and on their behalf because that's also what Christ is doing forever as our intercessor in heaven. Mm-hmm. And there's no mention of the paralytic having any personal faith. Right. The only faith that we see is the action of the friends to bring him to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, I wonder just that that hunger that they must have had, right? That that they just would go to whatever. Uh, extremes necessary to get their their friend in front of the lord and that god wants us to have that kind of hunger for people um and i love victoria i love your testimony because it's so funny of like with someone asking you to pray for them and just like it's the catholic thing that we do like okay i'll pray for you and i'm sure a lot of times we go on and we pray but honestly a lot of times we probably forget to pray for that person as well just the power of praying for that person right then and there just like okay I'm going to pray for you right now, and um, and just that those that that nothing's going to stop me from bringing you to Jesus right now. I'm not going to say, okay, I'll do it later. I'll pray for you when I'm in my bedroom by myself and it's comfortable. That just like those friends, I'm going to I'm going to do whatever it takes right now to get you in front of the Lord. That's so good. So Victoria, could you share? I don't know. Do you have like? So you guys are going after healing. I love it. Um, what is um, what is the most um, amazing, uh, spectacular healing you've seen? Uh, we've seen a bunch of, of, of healings. I would say there's two that really touch my heart when I think about healings. 
the first one is we had a father of four who had terminal brain cancer. He had a tumor. They could not operate it on in the middle of his brain. So he was showing us the, the MRI scan, and there's like a, a giant rock almost in, in the middle of his head. And he didn't know how long he would have to live. And so uh, he he fought cancer for quite a long time, hadn't received any healing at all. So, I mean, it was a big chance just, just praying for him. And so I remember we laid hands on him and his four kids all surrounded and they each put a little hand on him and we prayed and prayed and prayed. And, and about five minutes into the prayer, he starts telling us how he feels like his brain was on fire, which is interesting because you don't have nerve endings. Yeah. In the middle of the brain. No, you don't. <laughs> they actually, when they, when they operate on your brain, they don't even give you anesthesia uh, sometimes because they want you to be awake and you can't feel what they're doing in your brain. And, and he felt like the middle of his brain was on fire, which is interesting because one of the intercessors who was, who was with us had gotten an image of the rock in his brain or the raisin, you know, just on fire and slowly, 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 slowly burning away. Well, turns out, Three weeks later, he goes in for his next MRI checkup. There's no trace of the cancer at all. It's, it's completely gone. He was completely healed uh, and, and shared his healing at, at a breakfast a, a week later with, with all of the MRI pictures of, of the before and the after. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That's Praise fun. Jesus, he's breaking cancer. And if anyone has can't brain cancer right now, we just, we just say together, be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. So good. Wow. So th- this is this is this is like the normal Christian life, right? It's cool. That's well, so good. Well, you know, it's normal, but there are, I mean, to be honest, I'll, I'll tell you the second story, but to be honest, there are some times that we pray for cancer patients and, and the healing doesn't come the way we want. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the healing takes place in that they're more at peace to, to, to bear the burden of cancer. But every now and then, God does do something totally extraordinary. And so I, I really like the story of St. Paul with the thorn in his side. Uh, St. Paul had the thorn, and he prayed for God to take it away three times, right? He, three times for God to remove it. And, and St. Paul never stopped praying until God consoled him and said, my grace is sufficient. And that's kind of the, the method I, I take with, with healing prayer is I want to keep praying for the extraordinary to happen, for the big cancer to go away, for the dead to be raised until... God makes it clear. <laughs> he yep. consoles me and says, no, my grace is sufficient. This, this is redemptive suffering. And what was that word that you got from that man that first prayed for you? It was, you know, it's not, he didn't call you to be the healer. He didn't call you to be the healer. He called you to, to no. pray. And yes. yeah, and the thing, I love it too. It's like, I think we have, we have to have that faith that no matter what, when we pray, God is going to move. He's going to come. He's going to be present. Um, and we'll just leave the rest up to him. Yep. So good. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Um, Victoria, what would you share with our listeners? What encouragement would you give them um, if they were where you were? Like, what steps would you give them to do um, to walk in a greater measure of of faith in Christ? Thank you. Um, My spiritual director at one point in time said something amazing. Uh, we, We had a woman come up and she said, I don't have any of these gifts. I can't prophesy. I've never raised the dead. I've never healed the sick. I can't do what you guys do. I don't have the same faith or the spirituality. God hasn't touched me. He hasn't anointed me to do the things that you're doing. I can't do it. And he looked at her and he said, well, 
have you ever asked God to be able to receive a prophecy? Like, have you ever prayed for that before? And she says, no. And he says, oh, have you ever gone to a dead person and put your hand on the dead person and said, in the name of Jesus, raised from the dead? Like, have you ever prayed for a dead person to raise from the dead? And she said, no. <laughs> and he says, well, maybe you have not because you, you've asked not. Wow. That's so yeah. good. You have not because you ask not. That's a good word. That's an amazing word. Did she go on and start praying over people? Do you know? Yeah, I don't think she's raised the dead, but she's definitely gotten some prophetic words here and there. But I think asking is a big part of it. And I'm also reminded of one story that's been very encouraging to me is you guys are familiar with, with Heidi Baker. Yeah. Christian missionary, Iris. Mozambique, Africa, has mm-hmm. this amazing healing ministry out in Mozambique. And she tells the story of when she, before she got started in healing ministry, uh, a man had come to her and said that he'd had this vision that God was going to give her this ministry to heal the blind and the deaf. And she says that she was so excited that she went out and prayed for the first blind person she saw and was disappointed because the blind person wasn't healed. And so then the next deaf person she saw, she prayed for them. They weren't healed. And she says that she prayed for every blind and deaf person she had met on the road for a year. No one received healing. And it was on the one-year anniversary of this commissioning in her story uh, that she sees, like, one more person. And she says to God, all right, God, like, I've been a fool for you for a year, and it hasn't worked. This is the last time I'm going to pray for someone, and either you're going to heal them or you're not. And she lays hands on the person. She prays for them to be healed, and God heals the person. And that was the beginning of this incredible worldwide healing mm-hmm. ministry that Heidi has. That's wow. so good. I love it. Uh, St. Paul says in First Corinthians 14, 1, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts above all that you may prophesy. It's our job to earnestly desire. I know one of the translations is be zealous for those spiritual gifts. And I, I feel like God just wants you to know that and he, he he wants to he earnestly wants to give them, right? He wouldn't call you to earnestly desire them if he didn't earnestly want to give them. So maybe it's as simple as God, you're my father, you have all of these things. Could I have, could, could I be more like Jesus? And him being like, sure, son, I love you. Well, and I don't think it's all, I mean, just think about the natural. Like, I've got four kids, and um, the like when my kids ask for a gift over and over and over and over again, I realize, wow, they really want that gift. And then I buy it for them for Christmas, right? <laughs> like yep. it's, and so on, on the most natural level, like a good father wants to provide what their children are, I mean, clearly, if like my kid's asking for a gift that's terrible for them or not good for them, then I'm not going to get it for them. And But to ask for the gift over and over again, the father knows if it's a good gift for you and he's going to give it to and you. And I feel like, too, that that story that you shared from uh, from Heidi Baker um, kind of hits on the, the character element of persistence. What do you, do you, how, how important is persistence in prayer for ministry? Well, I think it's paramount and scripture is very clear about how important persistence is. For example, the, the widow who wanted justice, Jesus you know, shares with us this story. And he says if the judge gave her justice because of her persistence in coming to him, uh, there's also this story of like if you knock on the door, right? Yep. If, if he doesn't come out of friendship, he will certainly come out of your persistence. Um, the, the Israelites were very persistent in prayer. I, the story of Moses in Exodus, you know, the scriptures say, what was it, for, for 40 years or more, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, and they kept praying for a deliverer. 
And it was because of that persistence of prayer, uh, you know, God was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you a deliverer. And, and he brings up Moses to the people. Amen. Wow, it's so good. Wow. Well, Victoria, we actually have to, we have to go to a break. Uh, I just want to, before we go to break, could you share with our listeners about how they can learn more about you, about your music, or about Arise Worship? Yeah, please. Um, check out our, our website, ariseworshipministry.com. You can order the book there. We've got overnight retreats coming up in Dallas for if you want to fly in for a weekend and, and meet my husband and I uh, and do, do our training. It's, it's all available. It's ariseworshipministry.com. Awesome. Victoria, thank you so much. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to unpack all of the amazing testimony that we just heard from Victoria Harris. Stay tuned. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. When you are predictable in your authority, you will actually have to use that authority less. Consistent discipline leads to less constant discipline. The more you act when you need to act, the less you will have to act in the future with similar misbehavior. The Doctor is in with Dr. Ray Garendi. Monday afternoon, 1 Eastern on EWTN Radio. EWTN, teaching the truth. Well, uh, I don't think we're like the typical college students because we really hang out at our campus ministry and everything. It's amazing about how much more connected you feel. We share really cool articles from uh, actually you guys, uh, EWTN, and like what you were saying about evangelization. So that's really nice. EWTN, live truth, live Catholic. Welcome back to Encounter. Dan, I love Victoria Harris. That was amazing. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing, amazing testimony. Yeah. I, I, and I know off air, you were like, I got to go. I got to get that book. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> we should all um, look at that up. Holy Spirit 101. Um, this is so good. What are some What are some thoughts you had from her testimony? I just, I think it's um, a very universal testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get the sense that a lot of Catholics in our church today, and I know this because I was I was this way for a long time. It's just... Uh, that we want to pray for people, but we don't want to pray with people. And mm-hmm. uh, we want, like, God wants to move us out of this mode. I mean, if we've got to continue praying for people all the time, right? But to to really move into a mode of praying with people and and that when we pray with people to pray with boldness, uh, like, in the name of Jesus, receive healing, mm-hmm. and boom, Jesus came. And, and I think sometimes we, because we're afraid that God's not going to come, we, we even make a we make our we sow our own doubt into our prayers mm-hmm. where we're like okay god you know just do whatever you want and and but we don't actually ever ask for healing because we're afraid and um and i mean god is the healer so he he doesn't heal 100% of the people that ask for physical healing but he he always shows up and he always comes and he always brings grace and love and joy and we've got to ask boldly yeah i mean if it were about us i think we could be afraid but it's not about us. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't pray for the sick or for the infirm um, out of my past successes. I pray out of what Jesus has called me to do. Mm-hmm. That's where my faith is. My faith doesn't come from myself. It comes from him. And uh, and God honors that faith. Yeah. So this is so good. Also, I, I love how she's connecting. I think she connected really well with her testimony. 
that the gifts of the Holy Spirit exist for evangelization. And like, boom, like what, 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 why do we heal the sick? So that people can believe that Jesus Christ can forgive sins, right? And so um, not only that, but she shared these testimonies. And testimony is so powerful. I really want to just stop and talk about um, that the, the role that testimony played in Jesus' ministry. I know that in the beginning, he started doing um, miracles, and then it was because of the healings that people actually started following Jesus. I mean, is that... Wow. I mean, I feel like if, if we're to today to look at that, there's some some of us could be like, well, they just want healing. They're only going to come for for this other thing. Well, that's how it started with Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, hmm. but there's power in testimony. I, I want to look at the um, the story of, we, we looked earlier at the the paralytic that was that went down and we, how, we saw how healing actually was a demonstration uh, and an evidence that Jesus himself provided for his ability to forgive sins. But now we're gonna, I want to look at the power of testimony, okay? In Matthew chapter 9, we have the story of the hemorrhaging woman. And Dan, do you remember, what? what can you give our, our listeners a play-by-play of the hemorrhaging woman? Yeah, I mean, so Jesus is there and he's ministering and he's walking through the town and she's she's just hungry for <laughs> for to to be healed so much that she goes and she touches the cloak of Jesus and um he doesn't necessarily see her but he's like whoa whoa who touched me right like because he felt um the presence of God leave his body and and and, and so he he wanted to know who touched her and there everyone's like wait it was this girl it was this girl like ah uh. <laughs> and then it, you know she, all she did was touch it's just, all she did was touch the tassel of his garment yeah and then power came out of jesus he, he he acknowledged that and then he said to her go your faith has healed you yeah that uh, her faith actually uh, pulled on something from heaven that she was able to pull that grace that, that heaven actually wanted to give to her mm-hmm. so this is so good but then you see i love this in Matthew uh, 14, um, it's in, in, this is at the end of uh, Matthew 14. Um, so this is after he healed, you know, he, uh, this woman is healed. It says in verse 34, when they had crossed over, the land, they landed at Genesaret. And when the men of the place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country, all the surrounding country. Hmm. People brought all their sick to him and begged him, to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Wow. So really quick, he's at Genesaret. They recognize Jesus, that this is Jesus. And then they ask, like, just please let us touch the hem, you know, the, the, the cloak of your garment, the edge of your cloak, the hem of your garment. So my question to you, Dan, is why did they think to touch the hem of his garment and not like his shoe or his beard? <laughs> They must have heard the story at one point. I know. They had to, they had, to, there has to be a logical reason why I touch that. But the only other uh, evidence we have from the scripture is Matthew 9, where the woman touched the same part, the clo- the hem of his garment. Yeah. And so she must have shared her te- her testimony that she was healed by this man, Jesus, that created such an attraction for people that they would come and actually seek after the same thing. And what happens? All who touched him were healed. It's because they had so much faith and expectation. Faith came right? through testimony. Yeah. What are we doing on the show? We have people share their testimony. Well, and and Victoria was a normal girl who had believer, ne- believer yep. had, who had never prayed for the sick to be healed, and then one day she's called out, and 
someone helps her and she prays and then boom, someone's healed. Someone's healed. And, uh, and so that testimony, if that testimony, uh, was resonating in you, allow that testimony to increase your faith that maybe God wants to invite you to pray over the sick as well. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, but I'm really excited because God is actually, um, can God only heal when we touch the hem of his garment? No. Okay. Or else we would put God in a box, right? Correct. But he did he work like that? Correct. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, a lot. Um, but you know what, Dan, I think is really cool is um, we, we in some of our episodes, God's prompted us to pray over the sick uh, over the radio. And I remember the first time we did that, we're like, wait, could God really do that? Well, through faith, he actually did. We have um, one, one of the most recent testimonies I'm going to share is a priest from Indiana, a Franciscan friar, was actually listening to the show, and we just... We got this word of knowledge that God wanted to heal someone's left knee. And he said that when he heard that uh, the left knee, um, that God was healing a left knee, his left knee was messed up. I think he had an ACL problem. And uh, he started moving it around, and he was able to do things he couldn't do before. Got it checked out and was completely healed uh, in Jesus' name. So let's just pray right now as we're closing that God would do something like that too. So in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you that even though there wasn't a lot of faith in Victoria, you used her to actually heal an ACL. So right now, if, um, if there's anyone out there listening to the show that has anything wrong with your ACL, we just invite you to put your own hand on, 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 your, on your bad knee. And in the name of Jesus, we speak to you, muscles, tendons, ligaments, be healed in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, let your presence come and bring complete restoration in the name of Jesus. If anyone has um, anything wrong with um, uh, the, behind their left shoulder, like their shoulder blade area, there's a lot of pain, or you have frozen shoulder, I speak to your shoulder, be healed in the name of Jesus. If anyone has any digestive problems and something is just caught up there, we speak to your uh, stomach, be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah, and if anyone is struggling with respiratory issues, uh, the Lord just wants to bless you right now and restore strength to your lungs. And so we speak to you, lungs, just be healed in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, bring your breath of God into their lungs right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening to Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you experienced healing in your body as we prayed, we want you to go to www.encounterradio.org and let us know. That's www.encounterradio.org and that you can share your testimony uh, and that that could build faith in the church because we're all in this together. Our breakthrough comes through your breakthrough in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. And we hope that you have an amazing, blessed day.